and I must keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 263, where me and Clay and Brandon are going to go through three books this week in a week that was a little down in the number of books. We usually have a lot more going on, but on this episode, we're going to talk about Avengers. We're also going to be talking about King and Black, number three, big deal there, and Black Cat, number two. Two by the end of all this But before we get into that let me tell you Where you can find us go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics I say it all the time and I'll continue To say it because if I Say I say it all the time then I have To say it all the time that kind of makes a Pact right there you follow Us we'll follow you back common Courtesy I think that if everybody Just started doing that the world Would be a better place right away You could also go to our website WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com where you'll see news, previews, and reviews for everything going up, and then go over to our YouTube channel, where I have started putting a lot more videos up. So has one Eric Shea, if you're a fan of the DC Comics podcast that we do, and also a robot, 3XL, that is our official robot of the Weird Science Studios. He is even put up a review as well so you can go check that out he has a lot of issues he has a lot of issues that pertain to being a robot that he tries to sneak into the reviews i don't know what's going on there but we also have a patreon where you can support us for all of the things that we do on both this feed the three podcasts we have here and also the dc stuff and everything else now even the youtube stuff and if you do go over and subscribe to the patreon you'll get a ton of extra content a lot and lot and lot of podcasts one of the things that i do every wednesday in the morning and now this is night it's late night wednesday it's a busy day those wednesdays here at the werner residence uh, i end up doing a best worst podcast with my man matt razor and we ended up doing a marvel book today since it's in the states we're in the middle of the nfl playoffs We ended up doing some sports stuff, in particular some football stuff, and we ended up talking uh, about a Marvel's book, a Marvel's book, a Marvel book that is called Kickers, Inc. from Tom DeFalco that came out way back in 1986 about pretty much a football team and kind of becomes the Fantastic Four, except they have five members, but it's still very much, I mean, yeah, you don't have Mr. Fantastic, in this you have Mr. Magnificent, right? It's It's a stretch. That's a fantastic four pun, and I should hit that just so everybody knows that that is a fantastic four pun. But yeah, if you go over to Patreon, one of the other things that you can get is our Patreon Spotlight, which is a episode of a podcast that features two books, two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew, Beep Boop. And this week, shocked me. I thought they were going to pick King and Black. They picked King and Black the last two times. But issue three, you'll hear later on this podcast because... They ended up picking Maestro War and Pax number one and also Iron Fist Heart of the Dragon number one. So if you want to listen to that, get all of the books going, 
go over to patreon.com slash weird science subscribe there you won't be charged right away you sign up you get a free deal the rest of the month you'll end up if you decide to stay you'll be charged at the beginning of february february 1st but if you don't like what you hear and quit before then you'll never be charged no fuss no moss but with all of that let's go off and talk some books and we're going to start with me and clay talking the avengers number 41 it's a tournament it is not much else and that is a problem so let's go off and hear what me and clay had to say about that all right and i am here beginning things as i always do with clay how are you doing clay doing pretty good all righty and we're going to be getting into the avengers avengers number 41 where we're going to have more fighting more tournament fighting and pretty much that's it until the end uh you pointed out that you like a bit of this but it, it takes too long, and there's not a lot of story going on here. This is all, you know, shock and awe of getting, and we said it before, this is Jason Aaron saying, okay, what can I do to give Javier Garon the opportunity to put this person in the Phoenix Force? You get the Phoenix Force. You get the Phoenix It's like Oprah's handing out the Phoenix Force <laughs> to everybody here. And by the end, where I ended up, Complaining a lot when I was doing the Ten of Swords stuff on the X-Men podcast Saying I wanted a tournament I wanted a sword fight I wanted to go And maybe this is showing me that that wasn't the way to go Because this already is boring Well, I do, I do have a uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that Because okay. I have seen plenty it's of true. animes That have had tournament style fighting and can still have a story within it. Yeah, it can that kind of true. be all over the place. But there is a main story that's kind of behind the scenes that you're still learning about. And you're learning about characters and everything else. I'm not learning anything from these fights. No, uh, what I'm getting is almost a Wikipedia explanation of who these characters are. But some of them go on too. They're too quick. Yeah. And yeah, and Jason Aaron, you even said what well, we were talking uh, before we record it, Jason Aaron is known to drag things out. He really is. The store run was, I think, I took the last time I looked, I think it lasted 70 years. And, <laughs> and so with that, you think maybe, you know, the editorial deal, Tom Brevoort saying, whoa, 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 Jason, you, you got to get to it. In a story and in a book that has had a focus problem from the beginning. And really, though, my biggest problem continues with this is, not really having the Avengers in the Avengers book. We're, we're going to have some here, but not a lot, including like a She-Hulk that I think is just there so that people don't say, well, you don't have enough Avengers, but she does nothing. And then you end up like we had before with Cap, the idea where we're going to start with this narration, this over really to me, it's it's a little too over the top, you know, with Black Panther talking about his connections and how he it, it almost seems in my mind that Jason Aaron, because it's a Black Panther thing, he's trying to get his inner Tennessee coach to explain things. And that always bores the hell out of me. And that's just me. And But it really is too much when. Uh, I'm bored from the beginning And so when you're getting this And let's get the credits It is Jason Aaron writing and Javier Garon On art, colors by David Coriel Letters by VCs Corey Pettit The fiery cosmic force known as the Phoenix Arrived on Earth in search of its next host While attempting to communicate with the Phoenix Force The Avengers were attacked by a group of Atlantean warriors And their leader Namor sought the power for himself In the midst of the battle Several of the Avengers, Namor and many others from around the world Were teleported by the Phoenix to the White Hot Room 
now these chosen champions are being empowered by the Phoenix Force and pitted against one another in trials by combat to determine the new host. And so even with that, I, I barely remember the idea, oh, yeah, the Atlanteans, they attack, but it didn't matter. It was just to get everybody in the white hot room and have Namor think that he deserves the Phoenix Force, which a lot of people think he does anyway, but he's a bad, you know, he's he's acting very aggressive and things like that, and it seems like maybe the Phoenix Force wants to pick somebody good, but the Phoenix Force isn't picking. We're having a tournament. I, I just, the whole thing boils down to in this issue that it seems like Black Panther should be the next Phoenix Force deal, but yet you have a tournament that could throw that out of the, I, I just, the whole thing just doesn't get me at all. It doesn't grip me. I saw people not even enjoying the idea that you have the Phoenix Force coming back, and especially in a non-X book. And so with this, I'm just kind of bored. And it's funny, I said about She-Hulk being there to get the number up of having Avengers and Cap as well. I think that the only reason you have Wolverine is because you have to have some X-Men characters so that people also don't lose their mind. But you have so many other odd characters. You know, you have Moon Knight and Devil Dinosaur, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. You have, uh, you know, Howard the Duck, things like that that are just goofy. And I'm not that interested it's not like i'm looking like you said with a anime or even a manga not only do they have tournaments and stuff in those that are really good but there are anime and manga based just on that that that's all they do and Mm -hmm. yet they last for years and people love them Uh, you know you end up having like a street fighter anime that's based off of a video game yet is still more compelling than anything i got here it's ridiculous and so you have a fight, but then Jason Aaron has to give you some fancy talk, but then it, it, you just get to the fights. And I didn't really care for any of these because they're too quick. You don't even get that idea of when you had Cap, you know, last issue. And, you know, the fight went back and forth and what's going on. This is just like, hey, who's next? There's a page. Who's next? There's a page. And by the end, I just wanted it. It, it should be exciting. It looks great, but it was boring me to hell. I, I messaged you late last night and I said, like, how could this be this boring with all this going on? And I don't understand. What do you think? Yeah, you know, like there's parts that could be compelling. Like I'm just now looking at it now. Um, when Luke Cage gets the Phoenix Force, he's like, oh, crap, I don't want to be drawn into this. But then Jason Aaron does something very interesting with American Eagle and he starts to explain, oh, he would love to bring power to his people. He is, of course, a part of the uh, Navajo Nation. Navajo Nation, yeah. And so you're like, okay, I want to learn more about that. Why does he need power? Like, what is what is going on? And now we can assume, of course, because we're horrible Americans taking over, you know, their land, that we can, okay, we can assume that. But I want to see it. I want to have an emotional attachment to American Eagle so that way I can cheer him on, you know? Yeah. And the it, fight lasts a page. Yeah, literally one page because it all it goes immediately to uh, sh- uh, Shauna. Shauna. And, Shauna and, and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's one page and you don't even see Moon Girl because Shauna won't fight a girl. But that's not part of it. And, and I will throw out whether it's shade or a wink, wink, nod to you, you end up having me don't make me. You know, end up hating something in a comic, especially a character that I do love because you end up having, uh, what's his name? End up hating, uh, Wu Tang Clan, 
and Bloodsport. I'm not going to go. Luke Cage. I, I, for some reason, I, 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 as I soon as I saw Bloodsport, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I'm like, why is he saying I don't need this Wu Tang and Bloodsport crap? I'm like, oh, my goodness. I love Luke Cage. I don't want to hate you. But uh, yeah, you end up where, like I said, you end up getting rules. And you do have, like, here's the thing the story is the tournament, but the tournament is going through. And when you had that big roster of characters, the big thing in the spread page that did look like the, you know, beginning screen of a video game, a fighting game, you end up where I would love to sit there and say, Oh my God, I need to see Howard the duck go against black Panther. Oh my God. You know, Jane Foster at one point, she fought this character and they put, what would it be with the Phoenix force? And the other thing with this is, is that, You're just throwing characters onto a plane. You end up throwing them somewhere on Earth, which seems weird anyway. But also, you're giving them both the Phoenix Force, but it kind of goes back and forth and whatnot. And it it doesn't even really show me anything with it. Like, I'm not thinking like, oh, my God, like Black Panther with the Phoenix Force would do this. No, they're just overcharged and they fight each other and they fight another overcharged person. You you, you bring up a really good point. You know, we see every fight in a different location. Uh, I'm looking at it now. The uh, the Red Widow fights Howard the Duck in Doctor Strange's kitchen. Why Mm -hmm. is it? There yeah, that they are fighting, like give us and more what's background. What's Doctor Strange waltz through and make an omelet? I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> give us what's going on. And then some of them don't make sense, right? You're like, okay, but then when you have Luke Cage, who's like, I don't need the Wu Tang and Bloodsport crap, then they're off to the mystical city of Kunlun. That makes sense of what he's saying. In that, doesn't make sense overall. Why would they then go there to kind of be on point with that? But when they're in the white hot room, which is mentioned by name by Wolverine, he ends up telling them this. You end up having Moon Girl and you get a little bit of interaction, but it's not that great because they're just there. They don't know what's going on. But this is the area in the white hot room that we should be getting the story. We should be getting the idea of. You know, and basically what you get is, hey, what are the rules? I don't know, but we better stop that Namor. And then She-Hulk goes to punch Namor and is knocked away. Oh, I guess that's the Phoenix telling us we can't fight in the white hot room. But there's and I say this is where you should have the story. But what story are you going to get? I mean, if anything, hey, how are we going to get out of this? Well, they say, oh, we look back and forth and there's no way out. You just kind of look around. I I think I would have appreciated seeing some of that, like them trying to escape. Yeah, I'd like to see little you know little clicks starting you end up having maybe black knight he likes the way that jane foster valkyrie looks so he goes over they start talking maybe they can exactly team up, and, maybe. Then, and then later on if they are forced to fight it makes it harder for them to you know fight each other yeah that's or building relationships the, yeah. and we're not getting anything or you have the other twist where you end up where okay you're black hey black knight and eh, i don't really need this phoenix force deal so if me and you fight jane I'll yield because with the yielding, really, we don't. And that's the other thing. What happens when you yield? You disappear. We don't even see what happens after that. Is this something where you end up in a pocket dimension of a hell scape? Like they don't know, but yet people are just yielding. And it comes down to the point where most of these people, I don't think, care too much about this. Uh, you know, Luke Cage says, I don't want this crap. Just yield. Just go out there and yield. You end up having, and and really the best fight, and I'm glad you brought it up, is the Luke Cage-American Eagle fight. 
because you actually, instead of you, and you do get that deal. He wants his people and all that. That's great. But what you do get then is a character moment that a lot of these aren't having where it says that American Eagle is punching the crap out of Luke Cage. Luke Cage has, you know, skin that can't. He is breaking his hand every time he punches Luke, but he keeps doing it. That's kick-ass. That is actually something that gives you like, man, I need to see more of this American Eagle. But the others, like I said, you have Shauna. She's going to fight. And it, it, it kind of is on point of her fighting a dinosaur, but says she would never fight a child, especially not one like Moon Girl. So she's just going to fight Devil Dinosaur. But who wins in that? And a lot of these, like, who does win? Because she's fighting Devil Dinosaur. And we never get an I, ending. I feel like I feel like we don't get an ending with a lot of those because, of course, the fans would throw a a, a fit, uh, a hissy fit, a hissy say. fit. Yes, over. Oh well, that wouldn't actually happen. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. That's blah, what's blah. weird. But somebody has to win. I mean, this is a tournament. Even at a point where they end up having Black Panther ends up being talked to by the Phoenix Force in the guise of the original Earth. Phoenix Force, that what we called the BCX men. And she basically says, you know what? Uh, Phoenix Force really likes you, Black Panther. Yeah, well, I don't like her. Oh, yeah, well, she kind of wants you to be the Phoenix Force. I, I want Black Panther to say, then why are you having a tournament? I mean, this doesn't make sense. But is this also, I would love to see where the Phoenix Force is also talking into Namor's ear and she holds ear. Like, this is the idea of keeping the tournament going like we're afraid everybody's going to yield let me pump everybody up let me tell them i mean because we do know that that in the past the phoenix force has been villainous and has you know really tried to hurt the heroes so this would totally make sense if like they finally realize that every single one of them can yield and the phoenix force would be forced to just go into somebody like, that would be a more compelling story than just all of this nonsense that we're getting. Yeah. So you have her talking in the Black Panthers here. He doesn't want to listen. He basically says at one point, you make me the Phoenix Force. I ain't going by your rules. I'm going to burn you down. I- I'm going to say. But then the Phoenix Force sends him off to fight again, fight Nighthawk in the Florida Everglades in the nexus of all realities there. And he shows up in Nighthawk. Oh, man, you got to fight again. This political talk was so boring It just kept going And just the idea of Nighthawk You know what a tournament is? You got to fight more than once This isn't one on one This is a tournament So eventually everybody's going to have to fight more than once If you win, you're going to have to fight again Now it's weird that Nighthawk didn't have to go I get Nighthawk gets the first round by And now you end up having Black Panther having to fight him But yeah, this political talk So they stop to go and this seems like this is supposed to be Jason Aaron he's giggling to himself of how clever this is almost like the Batman times 7000 of how much Nighthawk and Black Panther have both prepared because you got a body double that's doing this but Black Panther and Wakanda know they do that so they're doing this and it goes back and forth like it's and- it's quite possibly the worst like crap talking 
that I have ever yeah. heard. Oh, like, it's, it oh, is, it's well, the worst. My, my kids in Wakanda can do all this. Yeah. And that's why I reported them to the FBI. That's like, yeah. What? Yeah. What? They're kids. <laughs> what are you doing? The only worst trash talk. There's two real bad trash talks this week. And I don't know if you've read King and Black yet. You end up having Thor show oh, yeah, up out of nowhere uh-huh. and then says to, it says to know, huh. Good that you finally showed your face. I'm like, no, 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 Thor, you're the one who hasn't been around. You just showed up, you <laughs> jerk. And, and Noel has not only shown his face, but killed Sentry. So stop your nonsense. This is worse, though. This is like me and you. And the trash talk is is me saying, yeah, you know what? I got a new microphone to record. And you said, yeah, well, I have a virus that I gave your microphone. And then I said, yeah, but I have a virus protector. It doesn't make sense anyway. It's just nonsense. It's just, it's supposed to be this clever political talk of having the two smartest guys in the room and having a Nighthawk that is the, the, uh, squadrons, their version of Batman. So he's playing ahead, but oh my God, Black Panther, he's even smarter than that. What I wanted them to say is at the point where, hey, you know, I have lobbyists and a mountain of vibranium. I bought them all off. And it starts to get to the point where, It's kind of breaking the law there, Black Panther. You're supposed to be better than this. I just want one of them to sock the other in the face. I just want them to punch each other. And it goes on. And and so you end up having these fights that last a page. And and don't even give us a real winner half the time. But then you talk, 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 talk. And then you don't even finish that to then go off under the sea. And then a little nice little deal. They do have what seems to be really forced in here, though. A uh, Chadwick Boseman shout out that they have a Wakandian helicarrier named mm-hmm. after him, the helicarrier. And I like that. It just, it seemed weird that it was forced in for no reason, but I do like that. But you end up having Maya Lopez echo, you know, under the water. She, obviously, she's going to be fighting Namor. We haven't seen that. But even that, you get echo and you get the description. I'm like, I want to see more of her learning and mimicking these abilities she has a fighting style that she sees she's almost like the girl version of taskmaster almost with this idea of her being able to mimic any fighting style that she sees and she's going to fight Neymar. but I, i want more character stuff i want more than just placards that are giving me the names and stuff like that and then you get namor at the end who's going to fight everybody wants namor to lose and you get Namor at the end where he's Phoenix forced up. He's got blonde hair. He's got these marks on his face that you said they look like like tattoo mutton chops. He looks <laughs> weird to me. He looks weird. Now, again, if you end up having these guys and everybody on this in this tournament, you don't really see a lot of bad people in this. Yeah, you end up having Hyperion. He ends up going off to fight Shang-Chi. He yields. And he yields in a very much Dr. Doom-esque deal last issue. We already had Dr. Doom saying, oh, my God, I can't be in control of the Phoenix Force. Well, Dr. Doom doesn't do that. I yield. Something that really didn't feel like Dr. Doom ever would do. In my mind, Dr. Doom would fight till the end to say I could be the first one to control this. But even so, that was last issue. This you get Hyperion. And now his deal is, oh, my God. Uh, I got the Phoenix Force now, and my mind's expanding, and I'm being actually a nice guy, and I'm thinking of other people, and I'm not hateful. No, I yield. But yet, nobody else seems to be affected like each. It's just, and I know that's the the point, to see how they're affected, but the idea, oh, what? I can't be this open-minded. I yield while Shang-Chi is just there doing his meditation, and I just, what? 
So you get this. Well, now with Hyperion and even maybe, you know, Nighthawk that we would think are out, you don't have a lot of bad guys left. And I'm still at this point where they all know that the worst is Namor. We can't let Namor. Where are they going to sit there and say, well, in my mind, Cap would be a good one to have the Phoenix Force. He's a good guy, right? Black Panther, we see that they want, you know, even a look. So everybody else yield and then have the one person who we know can defeat Namor, defeat Namor, and then we'll work this plan out later. The, the idea of this to me is make sure Namor doesn't win at this point. I wish there were more villains in this. I wish there were more bad guys, like out of nowhere, bullseyes there. And you're like, why the hell would he be involved? But you, like you said, the, the Phoenix Force is up for a lot of machinations and stuff. But in the deal, it just seems like, okay, we're just going to boil it down to probably Black Panther versus Namor. And just get to it. I just and stop the political nonsense. Stop all this and, and give us more. If you're not going to give us fights, then just you know get to some story. Because the fights one page don't get a winner. Like you said, just because he's running scared, maybe nonsense. It, it just I read this. It should be the most exciting thing ever. It looks great, and I'm bored to, to hell. I sat there. I, I fell asleep twice reading this issue. That is such a. <laughs> it's a quick read. Yeah, it is. You know, until you get until you get to the end, the, the Phoenix Force stuff starts to get a little. But boy, that the machinations of the political talk between Nighthawk and Black Panther. Jeez, leave that on the cutting room floor. I didn't need that, especially. It's not really meaning anything in the long run. This is just trash talk. So with that, I'm giving this. I'm going to give it a six. I think I'm being positive, giving it a six. But the art is is great, and the colors really pop. All that. But you mentioned it last issue. This does seem to be the idea of just getting characters in the Phoenix Force. Wow, yeah. that's Phoenix Force. Wow, that's Phoenix Force. And making it, I don't know. I didn't even look. Is this being highly collectible because it's the first time we saw Devil Dinosaur I, as the Phoenix? I, ha- I haven't seen anything uh, come out of it. Uh, I usually have that kind of thing on my radar. And I no. haven't heard a whole lot of people I talking haven't either. about it. And usually you see that. But I think that maybe it's too much. Like, you end up where, I'll give Jason Aaron credit, something like a Brian Michael Bendis. Boy, this thing would have lasted 30 issues, where each issue, you would have gotten that one big thing at the cliffhanger. Oh, my God. Black Panther, Phoenix Force, that's collectible. Cap, Phoenix, that's collectible. You'd have all that. Now, I do think that if if Jason Aaron actually puts out a, like, for sure winner of who gets the Phoenix Force. Yeah, yeah, and actually is the Phoenix Force. So the person who was or who becomes the Phoenix afterward, um, their first appearance as the Phoenix Force will probably go up in price. That'll be big. So I can see how that then becomes collectible. But as of right now, I think a lot of people are kind of seeing through Jason Aaron and seeing it as like, oh, this is just the greatest hits. Yeah, and, and and really, I don't know how all the collectible stuff goes, but you would have again a nerd argument. Do they? Re- are, they're not the Phoenix Force. They're just imbued with the power for the tournament. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. that they're like, you know, hey, but this has, you know, Shauna the she. De- no, 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 she wasn't the Phoenix Force. She was in the. T- so maybe that's the deal. Uh, I'm still going that as long as Orb. Doesn't make it and orb seems to be going Down so he gets hit right in his eye But what else would he get hit at uh, this stuff But I would have liked to have seen moon girl as a Joke but overall yes six What would you give it I actually am a little Bit more positive with you I did go with a Six five the only reason was because of The conversation between the uh, The phoenix force BC and and Black panther 
I think that was the only thing that had any kind of concrete storytelling in here, other than the fact that, you know, there's a giant tournament going on. Um, this actually progressed it to the point where we can eventually say, okay, now we know that the Phoenix Force is interested in Black Panther. Now, how will Black Panther move forward with that information? That is something that is concrete in story while everything else is kind of just like, hey, look at me, look at me. This is how cool is this? And so because of that, I just have to give it a 6.5. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Wolverine to do anything, too. That should be a big deal as well. But they're kind of holding tight on him. And I guess you have uh, She-Hulk left, too. And some of these, like I said, some of these characters were popping up. I was like, I don't even remember them. Oh, I'm but, sure. I'm sure the tournament will end up having Wolverine versus She-Hulk. Yeah, I think that's that what, will that's be the what big it thing. seems to be the setup. So yeah, you have the Hulk versus Wolverine type deal with the Phoenix Force. So uh, that would make sense. And they are kind of put in in certain spots in this so that you don't forget them, uh, including She-Hulk running off to try to knock the block off of Namor, but. Uh, you can't do that in the White Hot Room. We'll find out. But overall, yeah, I was a little disappointed with this and kind of go with the, the Nighthawk and the, or not Nighthawk, Moon Knight with the Age of Conchu deal, where at first I thought, okay, I hope this is cool. Look, and then it just got boring. And that's what we're getting here. So we'll see how this ends up ending up. But before we go, we always go off to you to tell us where everybody can find you. Yeah, so you can find me uh, at FanboyClay on Twitter. And, of course, if you look in the bio, you can see the link tree that has all of my other shows being Fanboy Comics Podcast, the Batman News Weekly Podcast, the Comic Book Legion Podcast, of course, this podcast here, and as well as Ranger Alliance Podcast, which is a part of the uh, Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Yes, it um, is. I will be having a Food Wars Volume 1 review showing up oh my. Uh, later today. Really? Um, yeah. Did you yeah, tell I, Luke Hollywood? Did you let him oh, know? No, I we we've been talking about it okay. on the on the manga chat. Yeah, because that's uh, one of his favorites. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely understand why he's so nervous to read it on uh, a public. Yeah, bus, he so. says that, and I haven't looked at it. He says it all the time. At one point, I said, "I'm gonna have to read this." He's like, "Make sure nobody can see you reading it." I'm like. Really? Food Wars? All right. Look, I'm, I'm telling you, go to chapter one and go to page 36. Okay. That's all you got to do. And that's all I have to do? All right. Yeah. Well, eventually, yeah. because we end up having our uh, Patreon show with the manga as well, eventually we will get to that. The problem is, is nobody is suggesting that because Luke's the big guy for it and he's not allowed to suggest things. So <laughs> I'm telling you, we'll see how it is. But yeah, and uh, again, I, I love manga right now, and people are probably like, what the hell are they talking about? But I, I think that it's becoming way, way more popular than a lot of other things going on. And when you get bored of these books, it's it's very cool to jump into that. Speaking of, like we said, about tournaments and stuff, because a lot are based on that. But you can also get Clay's link in the show notes of this here podcast. So go and check all of those out, including Food Wars. I got to hear it. I got to hear you react to whatever. <laughs> I'm going to look to see what it is first, but I will check that out. But hey, thanks, everybody. And thank you, Clay. And we're going to go off to a brand own to actually talk. Big book of the week. I was surprised the Patreons did not grab it. It's going to be King and Black number three. All right. And I'm here with Brandon and we get to talk King and Black for the first time on the podcast. It's so odd 
that it's usually picked by the badasses. I was going to say, I talked to all, the, all these issues. Oh, yeah, no, they were all Patreon because they keep snatching it up, and instead they took Maestro and Iron Fist instead of the King of Black. It's not driving us crazy enough to get voted in. And also, I think that people are kind of like, all right, I've had so many books in this King of Black nonsense. I, I, there's such a fatigue I see going around of people, especially when then you get back to the main book, and I don't hear a ton of talk about it. Now, there's a big thing at the end, and there's a lot of debate online about, oh, Silver Surfer, he's the god of light and all these things. I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. And just get that guy on a surfboard <laughs> and get his ass over here because somebody, somebody has Donny to stop. Kate's thing. That's from, that's from uh, what what's it called? What, the Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer Black, Black book? Yeah, what, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so you have that. But even so, what you end up with. before that, I don't know. It's, Null shows up. And he envelopes the world in a symbiote cocoon. You have seen nothing of the ramifications of that. In fact, you're just seeing people arrive. I don't even know how they're arriving at points. But you also have this idea where you start off so big. I mean, you end up, no showed up. We've talked about this before on the Patreon. Obviously, if you're not on the Patreon, you missed out. But they started so big. Noel comes, just decimates everybody, and envelopes the world in the symbiote cocoon type deal. Where do you go next? What what can you do? And Donny Cates starts going bigger. But the idea of bigger now, it, it's coming off as almost like a silly Michael Bay movie. This has become Transformers or any of those big Independence Day even or Armageddon. Like everything is so big that he ends up just having to keep upping the ante. And by the end of this, I'm just like, like, what are you going to do next? Is Tony Stark just going to become the extremist world? I, I mean, is he going to infect with the extremist <laughs> armor? Is he going to reprogram the universe? Because it's just, it's yeah, just getting I don't silly. Know why Tony Stark is suddenly such the big guy in this series. And, it's and, it's yeah. very weird because he he's not and written him that, before or anything. And, and with that, the big he's not guy, had much to do with this Venom series. No, and so the the big guy though, what is he really doing? Because he ends up doing things for one panel that seems to be like, oh my god, look at that! But then he ends up just resetting the next issue. And I'm telling you, next issue. He'll have the celestial and he'll walk over and something bigger will be there. Oh, my God, I got to use the armor to do this. And it's it just like I said, I'm now going to be sitting there through all these. It's like, what the hell's Tony going to do next? Like, what ridiculousness can you do? And a lot of people I saw and I was watching some videos and stuff. I had my own video for this, but I, I saw some like, oh, man, this is so great. After last issue was like a slow issue and you but the last issue had where Eddie is dying and you did have some feels with Dylan. And I kind of want yeah. that. I kind of want a book like this main book. Y- you can give your action scenes in the Black Cat time, which we get this week. And it's really good. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, when I you read get, that one, actually. Yeah, when you get to the, this book, y- y- you want this to like okay we're going to go from here and now we're going to get this next round each one of these numbered issues of the king of black to me should be like round one round two round three where okay everything but none of these miniseries react to the main book some of them aren't even in the no. same time frame and, it, and so yeah. what's that what's that <laughs> they're years before yeah, yeah they're they're prequels you know then when spider-man had the suit i don't know it's all very set yeah. up weird so you just end up like this book. It just doesn't feel it feels big, but in a popcorn action movie big. And but it doesn't feel 
as important. Only the way it feels important is, okay, what big players are we going to put on the board? This almost is the book that is like, okay, we're going to get all the things going for the finale. But right now, the idea where Dylan's upset about, you know, Eddie, his father, which he should be, but they have seen him use his powers where he did end up dissipating the symbiote that was that dragon symbiote deal that was supposed to get him back and dylan freaked out and did that so they get this you know generic idea well dylan is the key but what's the real plan is the plan to go and try to you know dissipate the symbiote off of null or is what we thought to take over the hive mind to get in because now they're like well kid you know we're gonna have to go outside we're going to have to do things. <laughs> if you don't want to, that's we understand, but we have to do things because th- things are, are. It feels you know. like, um, despite, I don't know. It, it just feels like Eddie locked him in this room for a reason. He got out of the room. Uh, is nobody aware he was in this room for like safekeeping? They're, they're uh, just going to drag him outside. This now. is what I said in the video. I'm like, you ended know. up Eddie's final wish. You know, was that don't let anybody get to Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, unless it's me, don't answer Keep the door. Keep away from Please. this kid. And, and it's one thing if this was Wolverine who had him, or even Reed. Yeah. It's Spider-Man, the guy he told. I mean, Spider-Man was the one he told. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man should know better. And then gives Dylan a, a chance. Of, Spider-Man uh, just sits in the corner of this issue and doesn't Sp- say Spider-Man, anything. he's like, hey, uh, Dylan, it's up to you. No, it's not. It's like I got it my own kindred Eddie. problems. Eddie put him away for one reason. Now, we said at one point that maybe Eddie should have spelled it out more of, you know, Noel is trying to get him. (laughs) Don't let him. It's just like, yeah, keep him safe keeping. But you end up where Dylan is devastated. He's upset. Everybody seems to realize he's the key to all this. But what key? We, We really don't know. Reed's trying to do things. And out of nowhere, Reed just goes, yeah, you know that zip drive? That Eddie gave me from that carnage deal Oh my, I gotta figure this out Because it seems like it's coming with the same power as Dill I'm like, I don't even understand what Reed's saying I know he's a smart guy and I'm a dumb one But he's just blabbering to me (laughs) Where he says, incredible That's the the whole reason you put Reed in your story Because he can say whatever And, you know, it gets chalked up to him being smart Damn right We move on At at the point of this, you end up having Sue Desperately trying to fight off symbiotes Along with the vampire nation and Blade And, And there's Reed Incredible I recovered this drive given to Eddie by a man named Wraith This information is encrypted beyond anything I've seen, but it seems to line up with where Dylan's energy comes from. That is a lot of nothingness right there. Basically, just the idea. (laughs) It's like some hobo gives me a zip drive. I'm like, hey, Brandon, this guy, this hobo named Tom, he ended up giving me this zip drive. And you know what? It seems to have the energy. Probably got porn. It's got the energy that Josh Allen has, but I don't understand it. What am I going to do? Well, plug, send plug it my it, way then, you know, Jesus. Plug well, it up your blink. butt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nothing. And then it's it's as if it's pulling from something somewhere not of this world. Its signature is familiar somehow, but I can't. And then Sue DeShell's read. Now, we, we got a panel of, okay, later we're going to figure out what this encryption is so it's thrown out there. But right now it makes no damn sense or anything with it. So you have that going on. And that's where Spider-Man does go to Dylan and say, Hey, are you okay? If you don't want to be involved in this, you don't have to. Well, you also have Reed yelling at, you know, freaking Xavier and all these people going down all around the world. We're seeing that. And, and Dylan's like, I want to hurt somebody. 
And so they're, they're going to go out and punch people. And that's what they do. Wolverine, Spider-Man, Sue, Dylan, they go outside. Immediately, you're just like, really? This gives Null a chubby. You're like, Null knows he's there now. That's all he's been waiting for is for them to come out. And if it was something of a desperation move, like all of a sudden, oh, my God, it, a cave-in. Oh, my God, we got to get out here. I know that we're not supposed to, Dylan, but we're going to go. And remember, he was in pretty much a nuclear bunker that could not silk steel. That could yeah, not the be, silk bunker. Could yeah. not be penetrated at all. And it's just the <laughs> why? Why not put him back in there? But they go out. And it seems to be for some weird reason that we have to get Cap non-symbioted because Cap comes over. I thought it was Bullseye at first with the shield, but he ends up throwing the shield. Dylan catches it. Yeah, Dylan just catches it and then just uses his power, says, I hope it hurts because you have Null talking through the Cap symbiote, but ends up dissipating it, dissipating the deal. And you barely even get that. It took me two times to actually realize because what I thought happened, I thought yeah, I that thought it was, was doing it to null at first. And I thought it was also that because at one point Cap's like, oh, my God, where am I? I thought it was the lightning from Thor. I thought when Thor came down because yeah. Thor well, arrives I mean, null now. feels it. So I, I see. But I didn't I didn't realize. I thought. I don't know. I, well, I was just going. Quick and that's the, the panels, thing where you have the deal where Dylan says, I hope he this feels hurts. Everything. And it does, so it shows you again Dylan has some power. You know, like Snap saying he's got the power. But you end up where Cat's walking away, grimacing, and then it's like, where am I? I'm like, I, I don't get it. I don't know why you need a Cap. So obviously, again, <laughs> I think that's a force deal because we're going to need him. Now Thor shows up. How he gets there, whatnot, I don't know. But he shows up, and this is the big deal Usually, and we say that Thor usually has to call timeouts. Old doctor let him out for a day. Yeah, and usually I'm just saying in the whole encapsulated world and all this stuff and nonsense, but even so, you know, he kind of gets there. And the idea that a lot of these, you know, deals, a lot of these events, Thor cannot be involved. He's too powerful. He's a god. He's the god of thunder. I mean, seriously. So when you're going up against, say, you know, the Kotati, you can't just have Thor there the whole time or this event, it will be over in an issue. Well, now we actually have a <laughs> a threat that Thor can go toe-to-toe with. Null is a god himself. You can go toe-to-toe. And you have that. The problem is it's really setting up the idea that Null is a badass. We talked they've already done this. We had him fight Sentry. Don't waste Thor to yeah, just keep going with that. No time. Yeah, is this just to remind you again? Is it actually to take Thor off the board? Because he's usually so off the board it, anyway. I think it's just yes to take Thor off the board so Dylan gets his. Yeah, and his it's shot such a weird shine. deal to have like he's always off. It's always you know any event I've been involved with. Hey, where's Thor? I don't know. We can't find him. You never can find this asshole. But vacation. you end up where he's going there. So it's in Asgard, Florida. Yeah. He shows up, and the worst trash talk, he shows up, he's doing his lightning, you're getting a lot of, you know, narration and stuff with him, but the the trash talk is, hey, Null, because Null comes out to meet him, hey, Null, finally showing your face, I see, you jerk, I'm like, you haven't been on Earth, Thor, you just got there, I mean, what well, kind of trash what talk Thor is this? Way back in the beginning of Venom, didn't Thor originally dispatch him almost like no issue? Yeah, yeah. he even says. Oh, he killed the dragon. Yeah, he right. says. Yeah. He says, oh, you killed one of my children. I'm going to get you for that. But yeah, Thor says, hey, nice of you to show your face, you jerk off. And I'm like, 
you just got here. Nola's not only shown his face, he destroyed Sounds Sentry. Like, uh, he's, you know, he he sounds like what's his name from Home Alone? Kevin's yeah, uncle. Really. Yeah, yeah. Look he, what you did, you little jerk. Did, you little jerk. <laughs> he destroyed Sentry, and why he hasn't really been front and center is because he's sitting there on his throne laughing. Nobody can touch him. Yeah, he Thor, hasn't moved. No, he's still Thor's, on his throne. Thor's talking trash. They're going to attack each other. They do go face to face. And as they're going, I mean, the trash talk basically is I'm a better god than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Take that. You're rubber. I'm glue. You have this going back and forth with more of this narration. And Donny Cates loves this narration. Always a also, solid comeback. Also, I, yeah. also I want to mention that somebody <laughs> pointed it out, and I don't know who it is. And I want to I want to strangle them. I want to slice their throat because they did point out that Donny Cates cannot get away from ellipsis. He can't write without the dot, dot, dot. Nobody ever finishes yeah. a sentence. He, The narrator doesn't either. And now since they've said that, I'm like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I, and now I see it all the time. Everybody ends up half saying things to the dead. You have it with this. And they're going back and forth. Thor's like, enough of this jerk. You know, I don't need you. I, I you're, you're just nothing. I destroyed your kid, all this stuff. So he just says enough and, and pretty much knocks the jaw off of Null, which is horrific looking, but doesn't play out as well as I think it should by Ryan Stegman, because you yeah. end up having it just look like it gets obliterated, and then you look and I'm like, how big is that jaw? I mean, that, that bottom jaw is so <laughs> much bigger than the rest of his face. Look at the face of that jaw down hey, there. He looks like a mother alien. Yeah, now, it's yeah. nonsense. And so, you end up where Thor's like, oh my, I just, you know, Beat you up, I got it And then all of a sudden they get an alert Because like I said, you have to keep upping the ante And we started off so high That what else are you going to do? All of a sudden the Celestials awaken from Null I'm like, where? And they're going to now attack And while Thor looks behind and goes Oh my, look at those Celestials You end up seeing Null kind of having The all black sword must have been inside of him it was inside of him yeah. all along. Chilling in his back. It's just like love know. and the Maybe answers. Maybe wore it like Wonder Woman Maybe. in that first Wonder Woman. Yeah, movie. really. He just had it sliding down it his was, butt. Yeah. So he takes that and stabs Thor in the back. He just stabs him, runs him through in the back. Has a jaw back. It seems like he picked that up. He has the teeth on the bottom and just says, you know, the all black got you. Now you see how cool I am. You're going down. And things are going too big, too quick here for me to actually think anything is like a wow moment because when you're reading this it's like oh my god then then you have reed yelling and then all of a sudden there's tony on the extremist symbiote dragon riding around and then basically says i have this guys i ended up making this you know the extremist armor able to reprogram before tony a couple weeks ago it didn't work out and he's like i got this dragon that i reprogrammed screw it i'm gonna do it with a sentinel and it happens within one panel That's the other thing about this is he's talking about it. You turn the page and he's done it. And the only reason you could tell is that golden, you know, thing with the extremist deal. And now it's Sentinel versus Sentinel. But again, that seems like it should be a big thing. Yeah, yeah, Celestial. It, it, It ends up feeling like it should be bigger. But then it's just like he says, it's like Rock'em Suck'em Robots. And it is because then you just leave it. It's one panel. And then you end up having Thor. Send off the crows for help to go get Silver Surfer. And that's it. That's the end. Where Silver Surfer's coming. People are saying he's the god of light now. All these things. Uh, he's just showing up. 
I hate that look of his that Donny Cates. He, Donny yeah, Cates, I don't like the old black. Donny Cates cannot get on a book and not change shit. You know what I mean? I'm cursing yeah. a lot tonight. Yeah. I don't know why. No, he but doesn't want to tell a story. He he wants to ha- retell everything about he wants that to retell character it. story. And it, it worked out with Venom to me. Character. You know, it worked out. This whole no stuff. It took too long to get there, but it did work out the whole idea. But every time he does this, and he's doing it, this is his thing too. And we said it all along. When you end up him having Guardians of the Galaxy, you're just not really doing Guardians of the Galaxy. You're continuing and finishing his Thanos deal. You end up where his books mm-hmm. always have his revamped characters all show up. And with that, right now I'm reading his crossover book that I really do like from Image, his Image title. Even in that, it's all about adding all of his indie comics in. And it, it's just there's a formula with this. And it's starting to get a little tiresome. It's starting to get to the idea where you have him kind of, you know, doing stuff to his own self. If, if you if you get my drift, he's done a lot of yoga, yeah. so he's very flexible in some, the some things he can do here. And that's what a lot of this feels like and ends up where I should be excited about Silver Surfer showing up. But seeing it Silver Surfer Black, knowing what all that, I kind of am pulled out of the issue gone. Oh, here you go. You end up having Thor show up, which is cool. But, of course, he has that look, which, again, he should and all that. But I'm waiting for Donald Blake to show up and start slicing things. I'm waiting for the (laughs) idea of I have the power of Galactus. I'm actually surprised Donald Blake stuff when Thor showed up and that wasn't referenced. Since he loves doing that so much. It would have been a cool deal if we actually did. It would have been a cool thing to show, but it's, it's too soon. If it worked out that that was why... At the end, Donald Blake actually does go back to, you know, his dreamscape Pleasantville for at least a little with Thor because the world's in danger and he can't stop it. But we don't have that. But, you know, Thor shows up. I'm surprised he didn't just say, I killed Galactus. And I, but yeah, by the end, it's just, you know, a handy J to yourself. And I like the art enough. I, I'm a Ryan Stegman fan. No shame in that game. <laughs> no, no. And, uh, the Ryan Stegman, I, I thought it was a little off this issue. I didn't think that things wowed me as much, and some of the stuff know got if a I little just confusing. Got used to the Venom book. I, I, I'm going to say I, I enjoy his art still, but I don't know if I was so used to the Venom book at first with him on it, and and that was so like top notch and big panels, and that, and that was so many issues in a row of that. And then now he's come back, and it's not not so much that anymore. It's it's kind of squeezing other characters in and drawing everybody. And Donny Cates is trying to throw a lot in here. So there, and the big panels you'd usually get in the Venom book early on before, like Ivan Coelho, I think is who took over, who did a great job still. Um, but you'd get that big one spread at least uh, that just blew your mind. They were some of the best things. And coming over to Marvel at Fresh Start, Fresh Start. It was one of those things. I didn't know anything about Ryan Stegman. So when we started talking about Venom, and if you remember at the beginning, I wasn't really down with Venom as much as you and Eric were when we started because you guys had more of a, a history with, with Venom. First, yeah. yeah, I just it, it was one of those where every time I talk it, at the beginning, it was almost like the Immortal Hulk to me. The idea that I could tell it was good, but it wasn't clicking with me because I wasn't that invested in seeing a redo, a Clintar means cage, you know, things like that, where that didn't really, but as it went on, when you added Dylan and you started getting, that's the stuff that I was into. And I'm, I'm seemingly seeing here now that when we get to, you know, King and Black and Nolan stuff, we're kind of dialing back to stuff that, yes, I'm more connected with since we started. 
but I'm still not as in like no to me no could die or win or get shrunk down and put in a bottle I won't care I don't care about yeah. no no is no concern of mine nah, he he can go away with the Batman who laughs the bo- both those guys need to take a vacation I'm concerned with Dylan. I'm concerned of what goes on with Eddie dead. Now, again, Eddie in the Venom book, and it seems like they'll keep that stuff for the Venom book where he's in the hive mind as that Venom ghost type deal. I'm more interested in that. And I just still think that you're either going to have, you know, you're going to have Dylan maybe become that. I don't think he'll become Venom, though. A lot of people are saying that. I no, actually I think, think so. he's going to. I think gonna, Eddie comes back. I think Eddie comes. I think that Dylan actually takes the place of Null. I think that Dylan leaves and becomes the god of the symbiotes in a way that he'll be able to be a better god for them to be able to go off and run things. And then you have him off on an aside if you need him. But in the meantime, you get him out because this this is ending. In April, this Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman. It's weird to say Ryan Stegman as well because he did drop off the actual Venom book for a while. But they're ending with that Legacy Issue 200. And I don't know that they think that it would be right. Like, okay, here's the next round of of creative teams. You need to use Dylan. That would kind of suck for the next creative team. I think that the reset is. Yeah, you don't want to be handcuffed. In my mind, I think the reset is. Eddie back, maybe even with that having flashback because we end up having Flash Thompson in that last issue event, stuff like that, where maybe you open it up for the next person to decide, but you also have Dylan off if you want to use him. But I think he will become the new null, as we kind of saw in that Venom, you know, beyond where the, uh, yep, the Dylan became the that as well. But that was started, that was the yeah. bad version of it, and we'll learn from that and go, hoping that Dylan can handle it. Because I think that he's a little bit bigger now than just being, you know, the next Venom. I think that he is the next god of the symbiotes, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But really, this issue, it's it's just so over the top, and it's it's a quick read, but I, I rolled my eyes a couple times, and, and I shouldn't be doing that. In an event book, I should be full on loving it, saying all these things. And, and with that, I'm going to give it a 7.5 and I'll tell everybody. And I already put up a video and people yelled at me. Some guy quit the unsubscribe <laughs> because I didn't like King and Black 3 as much as them. I don't understand this game, especially over on the deal. But if you like it more, then all the power to you. And I did say some people like this saying that last issue was a slowdown issue, whatever. This is the middle of the event. Let's get some full balls to the wall action then and then dial it back with Silver Server coming. But you're starting to up the ante too much, and I just don't get the idea of it being anything more than Eddie working the hive mind with Flash and and Rex and them taking that out of the game so that Dylan can go against Null and go mano y mano there to do whatever's going to go on. And so I need something in this main book to show me that there's something more to it, something that, oh, my God, I didn't expect that. And I'm not saying, oh, man, I didn't expect Silver Surfer. I'm talking about a twist of something, something clever, because Donny Cates, to me, when he does do these things where he sets up Null and the symbiote history and all that, he does do it, especially the Donald Blake story right now in Thor is a good example. He takes something, twists it, and makes it a clever way to get a story. 
this is just like full out action movie and and like I said, popcorn yeah. action movie like yeah, Michael, Michael Bay, Bay Venom like Michael flick. Bay stuff. Yeah. And and I I expected more than that actually from the main book. I, I could take that in aside, you know, Savage Avengers book. I'm not going to expect that, but in this, I thought that it would be a little more clever <laughs> and not just Tony. Heck, I'd take it around. in the regular Avengers book as long as it was the Avengers. <laughs> really. Right there. Me and Clay just talked about it. It's a tournament. And I even I, I didn't even think I'm like, there's like three Avengers it's here. And they're not even tournaments. They're lately. not even they working. I know. They're not even working together like they even care. I just whatever. But what would you give this? I'm gonna give it a, a seven. I mean it it's kinda a little above average. To me, I do enjoy the art a lot. I kinda like the the progress of Dylan as a character, you know, not now we got him finally out of a bunker and, and ready to do something. So I'm interested the most to see what Dylan does. I'm tired of Null just, I don't know, hanging around and, and doing Null things. So Calling people boys. Um, yeah, they swearing them. on me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hate the Black Cat issue. I'd probably give that one a 7, too. Uh, I don't know. It's, I'm it's higher. Okay. It's, it, it's just all the, um, all, the, all the King in Black. I see King in Black on the name. I'm just like, oh, here we go again. You know, I kind of just like. Oh. I'm with you. I'm with you. And uh, with right. that, I'm gonna go off and talk about the Black Panther, uh, Black Panther, Black Cat issue right now. Unless you want to do it quick, it's up to you, Brandon. You can tell the fans I what you want to do. Hang out and do the it hell with fast. it. We're not even gonna stop them. We're gonna load it up right now. I don't even think I ever did the uh, credits for this one. This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm delaying right now, Brandon, because I got to pull up the book since we're going to do this now. But then again, I yeah, could. I, I just pulled it up. Myself. I could edit this out, right? I could Black edit this too, part. Right? <laughs> yes. I, could, I could Sia just Abdullah. like. I, I'm not going to edit this, though. I don't like editing. That takes too long. So you're going to have to listen to me pulling up this book. Yes, it is Jed McKay. But yeah, I, I don't think I ever did any of the intro into the king in black because i was already irritated by it i actually like this black cat issue i had a lot of fun and i think that i realize now that if i'm gonna like these issues it's gonna be the fun factor that's gonna do it for me especially when you have null just sitting around and stuff like that so i like this but it is i think just the characters in this book are fun which help yeah. Help that along, even if what they're doing isn't and with super it, important. Well, you know? and you end up getting a, uh, it's like an Ocean's 15 going on here. But I do like the bits and pieces of the plan coming together that does make sense with a plan that I like. But it's Black Cat number two, written by Jed McKay, art by C.F. Villa, colors by Brian Reber, letters by Ferran Delgado. It is Queen and Black Part Two. Felicia is the most, uh, in midst of a high-octane heist when Null attacked. Earth's Mightiest Heroes plus one jewelry thief came out in full force to fight the invasion. But they were overwhelmed. The King in Black killed the Sentry, crushed the Avengers and the X-Men, and imprisoned Doctor Strange in a symbiote go. Again, like I said, you start off way too high up there in the destruction quota to really having to dial it up after that is tough. The Sorcerer Supreme was their best chance at stopping Null. So with his last gas, Captain America called on Felicia to rescue Doctor Strange. Felicia regrouped with her boys at Alchemax, where they sought to help a symbiote expert, Doctor Steve. Black Cat may not be a hero, but not, uh, but no one, not even an alien god, ruins her heist. Now, what do you think about this? Because I'm about to cough. Well, I mean, I, I first of all, I enjoy the art of this issue. A lot. I think it's some of the best art we've gotten in any of these tie-ins so far. Uh, and then just kind of the the start of it with how they're getting going and, and just 
getting the heist flowing is definitely something that gets you started in the issue right away. And I liked it because you sucked into it. Yeah, Dr. Steve, they're getting this plan together. And you see on the top of the Chrysler building, I believe it is, you end up having the symbiote ball at the top. She even says yeah. it looks like a, a Boeing trophy. And Dr. I don't know Strange, how it's balancing up there. I don't know. but Dr. throw the whole structure Dr. Off. Strange is in that. And they're getting together. They do have Dr. Steve, and he was working on an anti-venom suit before all this went down. And he is, you know, an acquaintance of Eddie. And so he was working on this and he ended up, you know, they go real quick with this. It it throws in stuff from Absolute Carnage Weapon Plus, this whole idea of a... Yeah, that's where this doctor's for. I remember him from a few Marvel issues. Yeah, yeah. And he ends up, it's because it was a lobotomized, you know, symbiote, so it it doesn't connect to the hive mind. And, And this is one of those where it does feel like that could be like the play. Of anything to try to find more of this, but it only has limited success. It doesn't last too long. You have it in a Pokeball, and you end up being able to, you know, go and throw that thing in. But they're going to try to get into the symbiote ball, this big goo. And Felicia thinks, well, I need something else. And she's really smart with this plan, actually, and trying to think of what's going on. She's not going to be able to find Doctor Strange and all that symbiote goo. So she needs somebody who's going to be able to phase through things. Maybe somebody who's not alive, and they get Bats the dog. They get the ghost dog. And and the way that they get it in is so funny because you did have Bats team up with them earlier in the regular book that was canceled and then brought back with this. And Dr. Corpse is friends with with Bats, and they they like each other. And the idea is like, yeah, I need something like – like a dead thing that can face you know what I'm talking about, Doctor Crypto. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking. And you know. And then Bats is just there, and I love it. He's like, all right, almost plays off like a Deadpool when you add Deadpool so to a team. More, I haven't read a lot of that main series, so the Bats thing was a surprise to me, and it, and one I enjoyed. Yeah, I, Bats, I, I Bats helped like them Bats. when they ended up stealing from Doctor Strange, and he got in trouble. He even says it here where he wasn't happy. But I like him when he's there. Back on the crew, and he's all excited. He's there with Felicia, <laughs> and that's where you have Bruno's like, really? Like, that's your buddy? And Dr. Krups is like, what? I mean, what's the deal? I'm his friend, and what? But I liked it. So they're talking about the idea that her and Bats are going to go. And Bats is going to be the one who goes in and phases through and finds Doctor Strange. And they have something with them, an artifact that is supposed to bring back Doctor Strange. It's supposed to help him out. And Felicia's like, are you sure it'll work? And he's like, well, you know, I, I saw him the last time, you know, Steven used it. He was able to suck Loki in the face. So it, it seems powerful. Now, that's just like an aside. Doesn't really make sense until the end, but it, it, it plays off pretty cool. Then they go and get a goblin glider just because it seems like Felicia wanted to ride one at one point. Yeah. It, was just, it was just hanging out at Alchemax. And they have to get there, but they couldn't use anything, but they found the goblin glider. So, like, all right, we're going to go with this. She goes, they jump off, she activates her anti venom suit. I love the art in this issue. I wish this looked a little better. I wish we got a full-out look at her, not this falling upside-down type yeah, deal. And it, because and the covering it her. is I know, a big it's moment. It's not a great way to show you know the what panel I mean? and transition. No, no. It's, it's yeah. a big thing. The anti-venom black cat should be a big thing. You need to have her upright in a spread page with bats there doing stuff. But it, the progression is okay for the story, but not for the visual 
Uh, I didn't like it. Basically, they end up going above the thing, jump off the goblin glider, and then just fall into it. And they go in, and it is disgusting. And I do like how Jed McKay does end up describing the suit, though, because of the idea, you know, it, it ends up the suit reacts to the symbiote goo that it's in. And it, like she says, I got goosebumps, but they're not mine, but now they are. And it's weird. And she doesn't like this whole deal. And even with this throughout, she starts to think about Peter and everybody else who had a symbiote and how they're to blame for this. But also she didn't know how this would feel and all that, you know, venom, carnage, maniac, all those going on. That she's kind of getting a little irritated with as Bats goes. And I do like where they get into this goo. Bats finds Dr. Sh- immediately. I mean, he's so good. He's yeah, like, oh, yeah. they're there. Because he's a bloodhound. I he was going to say, right he's out. a bloodhound. He's a ghost dog bloodhound phasing. I mean, he's got everything. He gets them. And they go. And, and I like this idea because I thought they were just going to go and grab him. But they do put the anti-venom suit on him to get out. And I thought that was pretty cool. Now, one of the things, though, is that. You're supposed to have this tension with the actual anti-venom suit on Felicia, but you never get it. She mentions a couple times no. like, oh, man, we better hurry. Kind we of a better time hurry. limit to it. But you yeah. never get to the point where you think, oh, my God, hurry, because she just gets out of there. Now, the problem is Dr. Strange has passed out. They weren't able to use that artifact deal, and they're trying to revive him. And, and there's some funny things because they're getting away in that doom buggy. That they have Bruno the rides up buggy. Yeah and, and yeah it is actually yeah, you're right And, and uh, Dr. Corpse is in the back And you end up Where as they're going They yell to Dr. Corpse Have you revived him yet and he's like I'm not Really a doctor <laughs> My name's Dr. Corpse I'm <laughs> not, I'm not a doctor TV. it's just not the thing But they're trying to get away In, in the spider buggy It's like Dr. Oz yeah, yeah. So you end up going and they're being chased by dragons all around. Now, again, I will say I do like the art, but the progression in this of the buggy going does kind of get a little wonky. Like I'm not really following all of the action that they're doing. They're riding up a building at one point. They turn around then they're smashing through the building. Then they're heading off to the art museum. Like it took all me these. a while to realize the first time I went through this book, they even had the spider buggy. To yeah, be yeah. actually, I didn't even realize until you said it. And then it made perfect sense when I look. Uh, but yeah, they're doing this and the null dragons are attacking them. Ends up hitting the buggy as it goes down. They get out and they're ready to, you know, fight last stand type deal going. But they cannot revive dr strange so you have felicia who the only thing that she can use she has this artifact deal this piece of wood that's glowing and she says you know i'm gonna have to use this bats is like i don't think it's a good idea i don't think you should use this she's like we we don't have any other ideas so she kind of rubs the log you know right and uh she ends up then <laughs> ends up pretty much becoming like a, a Valkyrie, a, a Asgardian goddess at, at the end, where she kind of likes the look. It seems, but yeah, because it came from Asgard. And I, I like the look in the back where Bruno looks like he's crapped his pants, but Doctor Corpse, he looks like it's the greatest thing ever. He's laughing it up. He's loving it. But and Doctor Strange is out of it. Uh, but I liked it. I actually, this is one of my, if not my favorite time. To the whole deal These first yeah. two issues were real fun yeah, it's, it's one of the better ones for sure Definitely I can't even think of one that, that I like More you know and, Off and the top of my head The reason why I like it the most Is because it gives you Enough if you're If you like Jed McKay's Black Cat book 
before, before it got canceled, you could just read this. You don't even have to care about the King and Black Null stuff. Yes, it's the background of it. You, you, yeah, you know, they're saving Doctor Strange. Again, we made fun of it. The first issue was you have to call it a heist or, or Felicia's not going to get involved. Well, here's the yeah, heist. She and doesn't you, invest her and, yeah, time in and it. And you get the, you know, the plan. You get the step-by-step deal. It makes sense. They're doing all these things. It's just the same as whatever you like Black Cat doing. And I really like that first Black Cat series and was really upset that it got canceled. And then at that point, Jeb McKay said, it's going to come back, but in a long time. Like it, but then it suddenly came back for King and Black. And I kind of thought, eh, this, that's going to yeah. stink. It's a, it hasn't. It's been real good. It's, it's the book. I mean, it's, it's Black Cat through and through. They're just doing stuff while... King of Black's happening, so yeah, check it out. I am so <laughs> positive about this that you'll be surprised, but I'm giving it an 8.5. I could almost go to a 9. I liked it that much, and and I may, just to be positive. You said 7. Are you going to stick with that? I'm going to give it an 8. You talked me into being... being I, 9 I like it art. is for this me, is then. This is the best art of the night. So, you know, it, and, and, you know, just the story, I was, I was able to... To read it without rolling my eyes two or three times or, or kind of just being like putting it down and it's being like, It's the most ridiculous thing, but it doesn't matter. And you know what's great about this is that. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. They didn't mention really null. Like, there isn't this big. No, there's not a the big dragons over the really top. really are the only thing that, that are, are the null and, reference And with here. that, it's not it's like a there's, problem there's not two the pages like of that. narration about null and how he's done this and that because Felicia's just concerned. Of doing the heist. And she, that's what I love about the way Jeb McKay writes this and the way Felicia is, is that it, it doesn't necessarily have to make her a millionaire every time. She just loves the chase. She loves, the challenge, yeah, yeah. she loves the, the thrill of it. And that's exactly what this is. In the meantime, she may actually be saving the universe because they do keep saying that Doctor Strange is a big thing with all of this. So she does end up getting him out of that, which is pretty big. I mean, it really is. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm going to go nine then. If you go eight, I better go up to nine. Yeah, you got to beat me. Right? I liked it enough. Well, I'm saying if if you convinced, you know, if I convinced you, I should have been able to convince myself. Instead, I actually went down because I thought maybe I went a little too high. And I don't want to look like yeah, Mr. No, I, I don't it. want to look like I, Mr. I like happy about it more happy times, it right? I don't need you giving it a six <laughs> of the nice happy nine. time murders. Happy yeah. time Werner, they're going to call me. But that is it. That's the end of the podcast since you helped me out here and we did these two books. So with that, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this and go over to the Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com and check out our Patreon where me and Brandon, right before we recorded this, we did talk Iron Fist, the Heart of the Dragon number one. And then I'm going to be talking Maestro number one that wore and packs on that as well. So you can check out a couple extra books there. But I hope you enjoyed this with these books. Not a lot of books this week. So it was a little bit no, of a surprise. It's a light Marvel week. It That's was. Surprising. It was one of the yeah. lightest we've had in a long, long time. But at least we got to talk King and Black here on the regular podcast, only probably to piss more people off because we don't love it. Everybody, <laughs> this one guy on, on the, the, the YouTube did say, and hey, everybody can love stuff, but. It's his favorite book of all time, and all I said was, it's a little early to be making these claims here with a, with an event and that's only halfway through, but he's loving it. Not Some people are, some people aren't, so I'd like to hear if everybody, what they think on it, but thanks, everybody. Thank you, Brandon, and 
We'll talk to you later.